Hello and welcome to the Life is Story podcast. I'm Josh Olds, and today I'm talking with Sheila Wall. Sheila is a, a songwriter, uh, author, Bible teacher, TV host. I mean, I, I could keep going on. There's so many things that you've done. Um, we're here primarily today to talk about her children's book. So Sheila, welcome, welcome to the program. Thanks, Josh. It's nice to be with you. So the children's book is, well, actually, let's do this. Before we start, uh, you've had such an eclectic career. You've done so many things. I think people might know you or know your name from one area or another, uh, but maybe not know in full scope everything that you've done. Uh, so can you give us a little background on your life and your ministry? Sure. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, often I'll meet someone who says, oh, gosh, I didn't know you wrote books. I know you're from your music. I, you know, I grew up in Scotland, as you can probably tell by my accent. And I went off to seminary in London when I was 19. And after I graduated from that, I worked with Youth for Christ in Europe for a year and then in the UK for a year. I also hosted a show on BBC television called The Rock Gospel Show. I did that for five years. Um, and then I was, I was doing a concert in London somewhere. It wasn't a huge event. But someone called Billy Ray Hearn, who used to be head of Sparrow Records at that point, was there. And he invited me to come to America and open for one of his artists, a guy called Phil Keggy. And so I kind of fell in love with America and felt as if God was really calling me to relocate here. And initially, I came as a contemporary Christian artist. And I used to, I also would sing at Billy Graham Crusades. And then um, while I was actually on a show called Good Morning Canada, when the crusade was in Canada, someone from the 700 Club saw me and said to Pat Roberts, and I know you're looking for a new co-host. What do you think of this girl? And so I was invited to come in for five days to Virginia Beach and co-host with Pat. And the idea of being on a contemporary Christian program, like talking about you know, faith was just foreign to me. But I really felt God say, no, this is where I want you to be. And so for five years, I did that. Um, then I went back to seminary. And then for 20 years, I worked for something called Women of Faith, where we did these large women's events, maybe 30 a year in arenas. And now I work with James and Betty Robeson on a show called Life Today, which I absolutely love. So most of my days, I'm a couple of days of the week in the TV studio. Um, I go out most weekends and speak at women's conferences. Um, and in between that, I hang with my husband and our dogs. Mm, yes. And somewhere you find time to write. Love uh, to write. What was your journey into, into writing as part of your ministry? I honestly never saw it, Josh, as something that would be published. I mean, I, I wrote to kind of help process my own life. It's, you know, some people write because they're ex experts in a particular area. I never write that way. I write because of what I'm questioning or what I want to understand at a deeper level, right? I wrote a book the last two years ago called Praying Women because I felt like that was the one area I struggled with most. Um, I wrote a book called It's Okay Not to Be Okay because I spent the first 35 years of my life trying to be perfect until I realized that wasn't actually what Christ was asking. So that really is, it's how I write because I, sometimes I'll hop on, like at the moment I have a Bible study going on on my Facebook live every Sunday night. And whenever I share issues that I'm struggling with, I discover I'm not the only one. There are so many other women out there who are saying like, yeah, me too, me too. So it's almost like I get to be the detective for all of us 
trying to unpack what God's word says about what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I think especially the themes that you write on, uh, it's okay not to be okay, the power of prayer, um, it's become in, especially relevant in the past couple of years with the pandemic and everyone's mental health uh, as, as you know, things that we took for granted in normal life, lives suddenly wasn't, you know, we didn't have normal life anymore. And that understanding of, of you're not alone in this is yeah. such a powerful message, such a powerful thing. Uh, your, your children's book is, is, is God still awake? And it is a cute, beautifully illustrated rhyming story of a young girl who is um, asking this question of when I go to sleep, is God still awake? Is there a time that God takes off? Uh, Where did this story come from? You know, the funny thing is most of my stories, even in children's books, come from my life. Mm -hmm. Because I remember I was probably about 10 years old at the time. And my mom took me to hear a gospel concert and at the end the the guy said god has no grandchildren he only has sons and daughters Mm -hmm. and that was like such a kind of mind-blowing concept to me that even though i went to church you know with my family that that didn't mean that i personally knew jesus and a lot of people went forward that night and i couldn't i was genuinely shaken and so i came home and i went to bed but i couldn't sleep so i came back downstairs and that's the question i asked my mom i said to her mom is god still awake And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I don't know what hours he keeps. You know, I would like to become a Christian, but I don't know if he's still up or do I have to wait till Sunday? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's, it's, I think, especially when you grow up in the church um, and you've just known these things your whole life. So when you're parenting a child or someone, or even someone older, who's just coming to faith for the first time. Uh, you you don't know what they don't know because yeah. you know you learn these things so early in life and I'm finding this with my own kids myself having grown up in the faith uh, I I you know I'm going back to like well how how was I taught that how did I learn this and it's so early back in my history you know I don't have a, a great concept so then I have to ask my parents oh what did you do and then they're like I don't know that was decades ago we don't remember <laughs> like, well you did a good job regardless um, so, so for you, that this is what that story came from. Um, what, you know, what, what, what made you say, you know, a year ago or however long ago it was when you started really working on this, uh, that this is the message that is for this time? Because I think the pandemic has greatly impacted our children. Mm-hmm. It really, I think probably the, the genesis of the thought of doing it now was one of my friends has a little girl, she's five and her school had been closed for a while and then it was opened. And the, the first day she came home from school, her mom said to her, did you have a good day? And she said, I don't know. And she mm-hmm. said, well, what do you mean, darling, you don't know? And she said, well, I can't see anybody's faces and I don't know if they're smiling. And I began to realize that, you know, when kids are masked up and, and it's a new ad- adventure anyway, school, but it became this strange and slightly frightening place. And so just kind of asking some of my friends who have little ones, you know, how are they dealing with it? And I I realized this, this whole two, two and a half year thing has impacted each one of us in in different ways. But I think our children uh, have really experienced a a side of life that we wouldn't want for them when they're little. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I wanted to include in the book some fun things, you know, like, you know, 
the Poppy's dog as a character and does all sorts of weird and wacky things. But but I wanted to to, to let children know you get to ask the difficult questions. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I'm on the school bus and somebody's mean to me, does God see that? You know, is he there? And it's one of the things that because I became a mom later in life, I was 40 years old before I became a mom. I, I grew up with my son wanting to let him know you don't have to always like God. You don't always have to understand what's going on. You get to tell God the whole truth. And that was particularly important when when he was about four years old. He and I, my father-in-law moved in with us after my mother-in-law died. And he was with us for a couple of years, which my son just absolutely loved because his papa would let him do things that we wouldn't let him do. So it was just perfect. And But I, he and I were the only two home the night that William, my father-in-law, died. And we followed the ambulance to the hospital. And by the time we got there, they were able to tell me that William had not survived. And over the next two or three weeks, I watched Christian experience what I expected. You know, he would cry and he he was obviously grieving. But then I saw him do something that was uncharacteristic for him. We had adopted a cat from the shelter and he loved this cat, but he pushed her off the sofa. And so I said to him, babe, let's go for a walk. And so when we were on our walk, I said to him, Christian, are you angry? And he said, yes, I'm angry. And I said, well, talk to me about that. He said, mom, you've told me that God answers our prayers. And when we were following the ambulance to the hospital, I said, God, please don't take my papa. But he did. So I don't like God and I'm not going to talk to him anymore. So I drove him straight to a sports store and I bought him a punching bag and boxing gloves. And I said, babe, when you're hurting, you punch that thing until you're exhausted. But then you've got to fall into the arms of a God who's big enough to handle everything that you are feeling. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know that as a child. You know, my father committed suicide when I was five. And I buried all that stuff because I thought there's some things you just don't say out loud. Mm -hmm. And there's some things you never say to God and you have to be on your best behavior. And I wanted my son to know, no, that's not true. And I wanted other children to know that God will always be there, even when you are wondering where he is. Mm-hmm. I think that's very powerful. Um, the theme of the book is prayer. We're, it, it's very ab- it's a very abstract concept uh, because you know you especially for young kids, uh, they're just learning how to talk to people who are there. Yeah. Um, teaching them to talk to someone who is there but not in a way they can see that that's a that's quite of a, a high concept. Uh, how how did you approach teaching um, about prayer to someone that age? In some ways, Josh, it's almost not a, about prayer as a much as much as it is about God's presence. Yeah. You know, because I finished the book with the mm. find it here with the scripture from Psalm 121, mm. where it says, "I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? Mm-hmm. My help comes from the Lord. He made heaven and earth. He will not let you be defeated." He who guards you never sleeps. And it was almost more trying to teach children that in your best days and your worst days, when things are going well and things are not going well, that God is present. You know, that in the book, Poppy's dad talks to her about that. And and when she goes off to school, her mom reassures her of that. But I think particularly in the days that we are living in, I just wanted to know I wanted to let children know you can sit in the presence of God, even if you don't have the right words to say. In fact, when I was writing, I have a series of books called Gigi, God's Little Princess that I wrote some time ago. 
about a kind of girl who's so clearly not the typical Disney princess. You know, her she has her own color of socks on and her hair's all over the place. But one of the things I wanted to teach kids about that is sometimes the most powerful prayer in the world is just one word, Jesus. And when you don't know what to say, you can simply call on his name. And I remember going to Christian's class at the time. He was probably six and reading the book to the class and talking to them about that. And the teacher must have asked them all as a project to do little thank you notes. I'm sure she helped them write them. But one little girl said, thank you for telling me uh, about the one word prayer, because sometimes my mom and dad get into arguments and I go to my bedroom and I don't know what to do. And now I know I can just say the name Jesus. Mm. It's just trying to help children understand that God doesn't love you more on your best days or love you less on your worst. That And you're right. These are lofty concepts because we don't experience that in human flesh. You know, there's always days where we're more approved of or less approved of. But just trying to plant little seeds because God has promised that from the seeds we plant, he is the one that will bring the harvest in the right time. Mm-hmm. I like I like what you said, focusing on the presence of God, because a lot of times um, young kids, big kids, adults, we, we focus on facts, learning about God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think especially when I'm thinking of, um, you know, how, how we teach kids. Uh, it's very fact-based yeah. and we're like, like, here are the foundations, here are the base, which is not a bad thing, uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but teaching them about God and teaching them about the presence of God is mm-hmm. two, two different things. And the focus on the relationship, I think is much more, it's much more abstract, but it's also much more powerful. Yeah. And I think we need to, You know, I think as parents, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, particularly as Christian parents, Mm -hmm. to get it right, you know, to make sure that we've instilled every single piece of knowledge into our children that they would need. But part of my own faith journey is, I mean, I, at this point in my life, I trust God completely, whether I get it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, that's one of the things that I've been learning is that, you know, my, our own son now is, is 25 and it's like you know he's on god's time plan he's not on our time plan and and i think the one of the greatest gifts we can give to our children is to pray for them and and then trust that god is moving i mean i love it in john 5 jesus said my father is always working and so am i and i think we can trust that for our children's lives as well Uh, about the book, uh, the book is illustrated, and I hope I get the last name pronounced correctly. So if I don't, maybe you can help me out. It's it's Alexandra Smith. That's yeah, well done. Oh. Um, fun, fun last name. I love it. Uh, what was the process of working with her in bringing this book to life? Yeah, she's an amazingly gifted artist. She was born in Poland and now lives in New Zealand. Um, when you're doing a children's book, illustrator is like so so important and so um working with with tommy nelson they're they're just amazing i mean they understand that whole process and so they just would send me portfolios of different artists and i think sometimes it's a temptation when you're doing a a christian book for children to make everything so you know incredibly clear and it has to be recognizable shapes and things we 100% understand. What I loved about Alexandra's work is that she's able to capture what a child might be imagining and, and what that would look like. 
are still staying true to the story, but, but and interjecting just very creative pieces. And I'm, I'm so grateful to her. She just did it. And the other thing that's great about her, I mean, she's done a lot of phenomenal books, but she remained continually open to me saying, hey, you know what? I, I would like it if the cat was a little bit more this or that. I mean, she never came back with what she could have said of, you know, lady, I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> she was just, hey, yeah, that sounds great. So she was a joy to work with. So you, you, you've written the text. The text goes off to her. And I assume that there's just some back and forth of she's saying, this is what I'm seeing. Is that what you're seeing? And then you, you just, you hammer it out until you both have what you want on the page. We really initially started with the characters. You know, I knew I wanted the little girl to be called Poppy. Um, and I knew I wanted um, Noodle the Poodle and Pat the Cat. And so the initial thing is just her coming back with what she would think those would look like. And and it was really more Noodle the Poodle that we kept editing because I just wanted him to be larger than life and goofy. And, and so from that, then you get to the stage of writing. I mean, I had the whole text written, but then we would send her two pages and she would come back with that because you don't want to send somebody the whole thing and have them illustrate the whole thing. And you think, no, I don't really like that. That would be awful. So we did it kind of um, two pages at a time. And yeah, she responded so quickly and just with creative genius. Yeah, it's great. It really, it, it complements the style. I love the the layered look to it. Obviously, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, uh, you're just going to have to buy the book so you can know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, but the it, 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 as, as much as the text brings is the heart of the story, it's really the illustrations that are going to capture a child. So like not to downplay the work that you did, but- uh, No, but you're right. You're absolutely book, right. The pictures are- such an important element to it obviously and we, we have uh bright colors and obviously there's characters that are relatable and fun and you know kids can see themselves as a part of the story and that that's yeah. a very important part of it um what what do you hope if you know obviously when when kids read a book um you may not always know what they're getting out of it Right. Until the 10th or 100th or 1000th time that you've 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 read it through to them. Uh, What do you hope if there's one thing that you really want to make sure that kids get out of this? What are you wanting them to know? I think the one thing I would want them to know is is God loves them and he is smiling and he's watching over them. But honestly, Josh, when I wrote it, I was thinking and praying, too, for the mom or the dad or the grandparent or the big sister who's reading it to a child, because sometimes just life just gets hard. And I think particularly um, in the last couple of years, we, uh, so many people feel alone. Life feels out of control. You know, they, they just wonder, God, do you see what's happening? And so whenever I do a children's book, I'm very mindful of who might be reading it to them and praying that somehow in the way that only God can, that he would speak to them as well and that they would know, yeah. I might be going to sleep tonight and I was worried, but I'm going to go to sleep because God is watching over me and God is still in control. Mm-hmm. So for you, I always hate to ask this out of, out of authors because they've just published something and for you, you've published recently multiple things. Um, but you, you, there's always something upcoming. There's always something that is new. And 
looking more at your career, uh, there are some authors where it's like, you know, they write one book a year and you could like clockwork, you know exactly what they're going to do. You don't really have to ask them what's next because you know, what you know, you know, with John Grisham, you're going to get one or two legal thrillers a year and, and that's it. And, and we there count are other authors them. that are just everywhere. And you seem to be more, more of that. Um, what, what are you working on right now? Well, I definitely am, I'm going to do a follow up because I kind of got um, pretty invested in in Poppy. And so I'm going to follow her journey. There will be another book for, for that. But I'm also working on a couple of other projects. I have a book out at the moment called Holding On When You Want to Let Go with Baker Books. And that was written out of finding myself kind of spiraling again at the beginning of the COVID crisis and struggling again with depression and wondering how do you hold on when everything in life has shifted. So um, I'm kind of working on a follow-up to that as well. I, I'm just, I'm a big believer in community, in your your people. Uh, I think that's why I love um, Facebook, even though my son says nobody, will, <laughs> my son's 25, he's like, Facebook mother, really? <laughs> but, you know, there's just something, I, I'm Sheila Walsh connects on Facebook. And so I'll often go live and just talk to people and ask them, you know, what are you struggling with? And the thing I love is the way that the, the community, like last night, I, I did a, a Facebook Live and we had, so far there's been 22,000 people have viewed that. And they're from South Africa, from Australia, from the UK, from here. And what I love is the way that they, they're not looking to me, they're, they're praying for one another. And I think that's one of the things that's important to me. I, I want people to know I'm, I'm on your team and I'm walking beside you. Mm-hmm. Well, Sheila, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. Again, uh, the book is, I'll make sure I get the title right, uh, Is God Still Awake? A Small Girl with a Big Question About God. Um, it, it's bright, vibrant. My kids loved it because it has, oh, yeah. my, my son <laughs> loves the moon. Oh, <laughs> as ever since he was, well, I mean, he's four now. So, you know, uh, for, for a while and, uh, anything that has a moon on it, he's, he loves it. So even before he knew what it was about, he was very excited. And, uh, we, we had to read a few pages before we got to the moon pages, but that's when the ones he liked the most. So that's his review. Um, my, I'll make sure the moon appears <laughs> earlier in the next book. Yes. yes. <laughs> it was on the cover and then it wasn't cause you know, it, it, it goes through her day, obviously. Yeah. Um, so he was, he was really looking forward. There's a lot of suspense for him in the book because <laughs> he didn't know when the moon was going to make an appearance. Uh, but it's Fine. a, it's a just a delightful, wholesome, heartwarming tale of someone who is trying to, uh, figure out where God is in their life. And, uh, that's true for little kids and that's true for big kids as well. So thank you for the book. And uh, for those of you that want to purchase it, just go to your favorite bookstore and get it. (laughs) Thanks, Josh. I enjoyed talking to you.